Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Michelle L. Evans walked away from her global marketing strategy role at Microsoft in 2012 after a successful 16-year corporate career spanning many industries. Now Michelle helps coaches and experts go from simply surviving to predictably sold out using the automation power of marketing funnels. When she's not working on her business, you can usually find her in the car taking one of her three ch- one of her three kids to some sort of activity or at home, drinking a glass of wine, you're already my kind of woman, Michelle, with her handsome and talented photographer, systems engineer, Baker Husband, which she loves his chocolate truffles and lava cakes. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me on, Lori. You've got me hungry. Uh, cake <laughs> and wine at yes. noon on a Friday. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. Before we get into a lot about the power of marketing funnels, which is a great topic today, tell us more about your journey and how ultimately you decided you wanted to start your own business and work from home. Yeah. Thank you for that. So back when I was in my um, corporate groove, I, like, I loved working at Microsoft and I also worked at some, um, like, some startup businesses, some banks. So I have experience at a number of different kinds of businesses of different sizes, but Microsoft was great. Until it wasn't. (laughs) And um, when I had my third child and I was just taking a look at the global role that I had, I actually won this huge award right after he was born. And I went in and I was just like, oh, I met with my boss and he said, you know, because you've been on maternity leave, we're going to strip you of some of the, some of the award stuff that you usually get. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to go out on my own. What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. I, I I was a quote unquote high potential. And so like I had all this, um, these special opportunities. I was kind of like an internal consultant at Microsoft. So when marketing was going bad or going off the rails, I was the one that would go in and figure out how to get it back on track. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. I led, yeah, I led this initiative called the Microsoft Marketing University. And so I would teach people how to do marketing better. But because I was going to be taken out of that program, a lot of those exciting opportunities were going to be taken away. And I was like, you know, I actually really like to choose the kinds of people I work with, the kinds of projects I work on, and the kind of work that I do. I think it's really time for me to go out on my own. And so that happened, that conversation happened in August of 2011. And I just set the framework for exiting my corporate job. And in January of 2012, I did just that. And I've been working with businesses of um, from one person businesses all the way up to um, even consulting back at Microsoft. So I, I do a lot of stuff. Good for you. Yeah. I really think it's fun. fantastic. So of all the integrated marketing approaches that you utilized with Microsoft and have utilized since then, you've really fallen into one of the most important aspects of of truly pushing out a well-thought-out campaign, and that's the marketing funnel itself. Um, The owned, earned, shared, paid media types, they all hit that on some level, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really encapsulating that with this concept of marketing funnels. Why should people be concerned about a marketing funnel? And actually, before we get there, let's just go to Marketing Funnel 101 for a moment. Yeah. Explain to our audience what a marketing funnel is and why it is important. Yeah. Thank you for that, Lori, because a lot of people get really overwhelmed and really like 
overcomplicate this whole idea of marketing funnels. And trust me, like I can go super complicated, but the truth is that a great funnel starts out simply. And it's really understanding what is the, what is the offer that you have, the product, the program, the service, you know, whatever that is. And what is the problem that it's going to solve for your audience? Like if you can start as simply as that, and being really clear and talking about the problem from your audience's point of view, not from your cool product program or service point of view, right? Just really getting into the, the audience's head and saying, okay, I get that you know they're Googling this, trying to figure this out. If you can start off as simply as that and then create pieces of content or touch points along the way, that take them through four stages. This is what I talk about. So you want to warm them up. And by warming them up, gosh, you know, depending on how you do your business development, this could be speaking at events. This could be running ads. This could be doing blog posts and articles and interviews and, you know, podcasts. I mean, it could really be any number of things, but it's really getting content out there that when they go to Google and type in, how do I, or what does this mean? Or how can I do this better? That your content has an opportunity to pop up. Right. Because it's really meeting them. Like you're stepping into that conversation with them. Right. And then, so you're warming them up by giving them a bit of the answer and then intriguing them to come further. So you invite them in, which is step two. And by inviting them in, you know, you're, you're asking them to give you their name and email for maybe a PDF or a webinar or an event or just something, right? Some, depending on, again, <laughs> how you do your business development, um, where you now have the opportunity to really do the piece that's the most critical and can really give your business a huge unfair advantage in the marketplace. And that's this. It's step three, which is setting the stage. You want to set the stage with your audience about why your business, why your offer, and why now is the time, like why they can't afford to wait. If you can do that through a combination of, you know, sales calls, content, emails, however you want to do that, you can do it really simply or you can do it kind of multi-touch point, depending on how advanced you want to get. Um, But if you can help answer those questions in your audience's mind so that they discover why why your business, why your company is the one that they can trust, why this offer is exactly what they need to get to that next step, and why now is the time where they cannot afford to wait any longer to get moving on this, you have given yourself such an unfair advantage out there in the market. And then really, it just moves into the fourth step, which is offering them a really clear next step. Like, this is how we, this is how we can work together. Right. This is, you know, like, this is the next step in the process. And so, you know, that, that can be done as simply as through, you know, email. It can be done with technology. It can be done a lot of ways. But if you keep in mind, like, these are the steps that I need to go through to really get my audience ready for this sales conversation, it can make an incredible difference in your business. Now, where do most people or most brands rather go wrong with the four steps. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's throw out a few places because the, the number one thing that I see is that they forget 
um, that they're talking to humans. So even if you're in the business to business space, the B2B space, you're still talking to humans who have problems that they want to solve. The problems might be slightly different than if you're talking like business to consumer, but there's still problems that a human wants to, to solve. And so you need to speak to them in human words and human right. ways and not like, like some textbook robot. And so that's one way that I really see people going wrong is that it's like they're writing some college dissertation or <laughs> something that doesn't connect. Um, another way is not being clear on what your company's voice is. Um, and so, so then people start sounding really vanilla and really the same. Um, and so I always say like, is your company all about sort of taking a rebel stance? Are you going to be against the status quo because you have something that's so interesting and different? Or are you going to be the company that is all about, you know, perfecting best practices? Or are you going to be the company that's all about super innovation or what are you going to be? Right. Really get clear on that so that you're not just falling into this vanilla trap that nobody really pays attention to. Well, and you bring up such a good point. I, I think so much of the marketing that we see out there today are really, they're, they're selling a, a product or a service. They're not selling the solution that they know their mm-hmm. audience can benefit by. They're leading with features, not benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you and I who've been in marketing for so long, this is just like mind blowing, right? Because still marketers out there are, are just going down completely the wrong path when it sets, when they need to tee up an audience um, to, to like the service, to feel that they belong, so on and so forth. How can companies get started with a marketing funnel that they know is going to be successful for them? Yeah. I mean, the number one thing is to keep it as simple as possible. You can always complicate it down the road. (laughs) Like you can always add bells and whistles, right? Keep it simple and keep it focused. Lori, you and I have been around and have done marketing. I mean, I've been doing marketing professionally for like 23 years now. And when you have marketing by committee, where everybody is putting their, you know, 10 cents in, that's when you end up with this generic vanilla ball of right right and so i always say like have somebody who's on point for this which is why microsoft did what they did with you and your position there yeah there were too many chiefs and not enough you know indians really making the right decision on what was going to sell yeah and yes and then you have all these people who are like, oh, but what about this feature? Oh, but what about this? And, you know, they get so caught up in the coolness of the offer that they forget again, you're talking to a human. Right. You're talking to a human who either has to put their professional reputation on the line by saying, yeah, this is the product for our business, or they have to put their personal money on the line and say, yeah, I'm going to get behind this. And you need to make sure that you connect emotionally to that. And, you know, I've worked with, so I've worked with people who sell um, really high-end like data center services or um, consulting uh, for chief information officers and stuff. And they really resist. They're like, no, my, my audience is all about, 
you know, the latest features, the most secure, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, you just wait. If you warm them up by connecting to a problem that they really do suffer from, I, you can always get to the features later. You got to connect and you got to hook them on what's possible up front. And I, that's probably one of the biggest things that I see is that people get so caught up in what their thing is and how cool their thing is that it's almost like they they can't step back and say okay if I was a person who actually had to put my reputation or my money on the line for this what would I actually be looking for exactly you know and and I think that what I love about what you've just um, talked to us about is really as you say the simplicity behind it I think people as we've also noted really overcomplicate this but the key points really that you're laying out here tie into the awareness ultimately that we need to create, the consideration, um, which is really, you know, invite them in, right? The conversion, which is setting the stage and allowing them to ask for more um, detail. And then, of course, that leads to ultimately loyalty, you know, purchase loyalty, advocacy, all of that. With so many different tools that are available out there now. Uh, we've named a few email, social media, blogs, uh, general content, even PR, um, advertising, that sort of stuff. What advice can you provide our listeners today on how often they should be scaling and testing the sorts of tools ultimately that will help them uh, create that advocacy and loyalty that we've just mentioned? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it really depends on um, how many sales you want to have and how many contacts it takes for you to make a sale, right? Um, For me, so I always say, first of all, where are your people hanging out? Where are they already? Um, and, And choose, you know, just a few, you know, all businesses, no matter how big, even Microsoft with billions of dollars to spend on marketing, there's limited resources. That sounds funny to say, but there are. There is. I mean, yeah. it's, it's everywhere. And and when we talk about limited resources, there's limited money. There's limited, uh, uh, in a Microsoft term, bandwidth, right? <clears throat> Attention, time, like the ability to even get your head around so many projects. And so I always say, like, start with where your people are already congregating. Where are they already hanging out? Where are they already looking for information? And choose two or three things that you do and just really go in on that. Maybe even just one if it works really well and then expand from there. But, um, but I always say, you know, if you don't know where your business is coming from um, or if you have a newer offer and you're still trying to figure this out, one of my favorite tools to go to is SimilarWeb where you can go look up competitors and see where their traffic is coming from. I love that. It's called Similar Web. Yeah, Similar Web. And they have a free service that you can test out. And then there's a paid service if you want to upgrade and get more insights. But um, it's a really good way to, to quote unquote, spy on what's going on out there. So if you say, okay, here are my top three or five competitors, you can go put their information in there. And you can see, okay, these are the sites. These are the places where they're getting traffic from. And then you can really start honing in on, okay, if they're getting a lot of direct traffic, you know, why is that? Are they doing a lot of interviews? Are they like, what's going on there? Um, But if they're getting traffic from, you know, Facebook or Google ads or whatever, you can see that. And, And you can even dive into kind of what those words are and all that stuff. So you can really get a lot of good information quickly 
on where your people could be hanging out at. Well, and you bring up a good point. You know, there are so many tools available to us Mm. to really research and determine uh, what, even from a keyword standpoint, SEM rush, which is rush, which is old school, you know, Google old school, but these tools such as similar web um, that are, uh, that are available to us today really help make better decisions regarding the marketing funnel. How have you, well, let's, let's come, let's contrast the old and the new, if you will, mm-hmm. very early on um, in both of our careers, uh, the, the marketing funnel was in its infancy, and there's so many versions of it, but the research needed ultimately to make the decisions on what was going to hit the funnel could take months and months and months. Now we've got these technology tools available, which really, really shortens that, which means that um, if the marketing funnel that we've set up is not performing, we can immediately go and do some additional research, and even within 24 hours, 48 hours, have enough insight that we can pivot. Can you share mm. with us how you've, how you've utilized these tools and perhaps a personal story with a brand on how you have pivoted based on what's been available? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, Lori, geez, back when I first started, like we would have to go through and read, you know, stat sheets from different publications and try to figure out what kind of media buy to do and, you know, cross our fingers and hope that it's going to work and set up, you know, all these 1-800 numbers or whatever. It is so easy now to track it with pixels and, you know, you could just get so much insight. And so, Let me just think really quick. So one of my, um, yeah, I have a lot of of stories. So let's just think for a minute. So I had somebody come to me who wanted to um, do Facebook ads for their funnel. So we took a look at at the funnel, first of all, and and that needed some tweaking because there were some drop-offs. So when you set up a funnel, let's say that you have an opt-in page, you know, you have ads or however you're getting traffic in. You have an opt-in page where people go and give you their email address and their name. And then you have um, the next page in the series, which a lot of people just call a thank you page, but I use it as a conversations continuer. So I don't just say, yeah, thanks. Go check your email. We keep the conversation going. And then, um, you know, whatever other pages you have in the funnel or emails or whatever. So we went through and did a full funnel audit. And we, and we noticed that, you know, when people were opting in for this one particular company, uh, people were coming and opting in for some um, exercises for their, uh, to, to strengthen their back so that they wouldn't suffer from back pain. Hmm. And um, we were getting tons of traffic for opt-ins and we knew that the traffic was coming from two sources. So it was coming from Facebook ads and it was coming from um, interviews. So, you know, traffic that was coming from other people. And they said, okay, well, let's pump up the Facebook ads because we can't always control how many interviews we get. And so we really took a look at which ones converted better. So we were sending interviews. They were identical funnels, but we duplicated them so we could see how the interview funnel performed versus Facebook ad funnel. And the truth is, yeah, what was that? Interesting. Yeah. And the truth is, and nothing was different. No emails were different. No landing pages were different. Nothing was different. We were just, you know, isolating where the traffic was from. And the fascinating thing was that the traffic that strictly came from interviews 
um, ended up like it was a smaller amount of traffic, but the conversion ah. was insane. I mean, we're talking like 60, 70% conversion, which is unheard of with Facebook. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and the time and the effort that it took to get those set up, when you thought about how much time and effort and money was being spent on ads was actually less. And so we were like, all right, uh, maybe we, maybe we double down and do some more of those versus more ads. And then what we found is if we paired up some Facebook ad retargeting with people who hit those pages, but didn't continue through, we could bump the conversion up even more. And so it's just running these tests and being really aware of where's my business coming from? How does it ultimately perform? And, you know, am I, am I bringing in the right people? Well, and, and you, you talk about Facebook, which I believe is a great starting point for a lot of brands to test advertising and then move into, you know, broader, bigger tools um, with display and remarketing and retargeting mm-hmm. um, outside of the, the Facebook sphere, if you will. Talk to us ultimately on how, how you have utilized with even your current customers, Facebook, as a very, very viable tool to drive leads that do convert uh, with the sales funnel. Oh, I say sales funnel, uh, which is a point that I think that we need to make. Um, marketing funnel, sales funnel, they're, they're all used uh, interchangeably here. Uh, yes. So audience understand that. Yeah, it kind of just depends on what your, your background is. Marketing right. funnel, sales funnel, just general funnel. It's all the same thing. It is. You know, that's a great question, Lori, because Facebook ads... I love them and they're not for everybody right? because not everybody's clients are there. Like not everybody's people are hanging out on Facebook looking for ads for businesses where your customers are there or where your potential customers are there. It's a great place to test things really quickly. And when I run Facebook ads, I run Facebook ad funnels that really match up with my marketing funnel too. So we do warm up ads top of funnel ads. We do, you know, invite them in ads or uh, middle of funnel ads. And then um, we set the stage for the sale. And then, you know, we run bottom of funnel ads to uh, make sure that, um, you know, people don't miss the buying opportunity. Right. But again, it's not right for everybody. But for those clients that it is right for, you can get such incredible insights into what people pay attention to, what they click on, what their interest level is really quickly. Like you said, within a day or two, you can, and, and a day or two and, you know, less than $50, you can get a lot of great insights. And so it is one of the best testing platforms out there. I mean, if I had had this early in my career, things would have been so different. Well, it would have been, and and you mentioned Microsoft. I mean, a large percentage of the direct sales, if you will, have got to be B2B. And and let's talk about that for a second, because most people look at Facebook as a consumer-only tool, but B2B brands right now are flourishing within the platform. Yes, for sure. Because again, you're talking to humans. Exactly. And so you just need to know, are your people going to Facebook for community? So for example, one of my clients, they actually run, it's not Microsoft, but they run communities that are for people who use Microsoft products. 
And, you know, these are really technical people. These are high-end people, but they have these thriving Facebook communities where people are asking questions, are helping one another, are posting like, hey, I figured out how to do this in this tool. Anybody else using it like this? Um, They network, all sorts of stuff. And so, you just have to know, are your people there for a business purpose already? And if so, can you just tap into that? I love it. Any remaining thoughts for our audience in building their funnel and next steps for them today if they want to go ahead and get it started? Yeah. I mean, if you want to get started, one of the best things you can do for yourself and your business is to find out what kind of funnel is right for you. Because there's a lot of different kinds of funnels. It depends on what you're selling, how you're selling it, what your goals are, all that stuff. I actually put together a really fast and and simple quiz to to help narrow it down so that you can just get an insight. Okay, this is the right funnel for me. Um, How do I even get started? So if people want to do that, they can go to um, michellelevans.com forward slash ignite and and I'll have it there for you. It's free and fast. I love it. Um, And then really it's a matter of, again, going back to what you and I started with. What is the problem? that my people are Googling? What is it that they're trying to figure out? And what am I trying to sell? And what's the bridge that I can make between their problem and my offer that helps them, that that has them leaning forward and saying, tell me more each step of the way? Well, I, that is perfect, Michelle. You have just summed up, I think, our conversation so well. Let's not forget, everyone, that it starts with the simple word, Simple, as I've said twice in one sentence. We're not going to forget that. Michelle Evans, thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.